Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. I am your host, Sean Dunham, and I am joined by the old gray wizard himself, Jeremy Legui, and the Ooh, betentacled hi, sea witch, Sonia Stanger. <gasps> Surprise, hi, I'm a drag queen. <laughs> oh, no one's surprised. Um, this week, I was a little surprised. Yeah, sorry, you you were gagged. Yeah, I don't wear makeup as often as you would expect a drag queen to. <laughs> Just a, a little moisturizer, thing. a little moisturizer in her lip chap. That's all you do. Yeah. Um, this week we are conjuring up a brand new episode about magic. We are talking rituals. We are talking supernatural forces. We're talking divinations. Ooh, Ooh. it's fall. Um, how's it going, guys? How was your week? Not to steer away from magic. Magical. Uh, it was magical. Um, I think that Sonya and I both feel enchanted this week. Mm. Okay. Uh, the world, the worlds of whimsy that we were both able to uh, dive into. Um, I've also had to return to work, oh. and my bones are weary. Oh. <laughs> Very wizard core of you. Yeah, oh, your, wizard. That's that's actually that might be my aesthetic wizard core. You're wizened over. Mm. Grow the beard. Grow the beard. Long beard. I, I want it. Yeah, you can't be a wizard with black hair. You have to get get more gray, coward. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> um, guys, do you believe in magic? Do you believe in magic? <laughs> <laughs> I've had that in my head ever since. We started talking about this episode. Um, kind of is my answer. As with many yes. things in life, I am kind of agnostic. Where mm-hmm. do I have any direct experience that leads me to believe that magic is real? No, not 100%. But, but do, do you I have feel anything that it's... proving not? Yeah. But, well, you can't prove a negative famously, but, but, uh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, it's kind of that thing where I feel like it's very foolish and a bit of like very human hubris to just be like, this material plane of ours is all there is. Like, yes, I've lived on this earth long enough to experience many weird things and just the chaos of it all leads me to think that, you know, to think that it's only what we are experiencing on a very literal level, just seems a bit foolish to me. So that's okay. where I'm at. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I believe in magic. Do Do I think that maybe, if, you know, five hundred human beings got together, and like wheeled a tennis ball to roll in a direction, that that could probably happen, maybe. Uh, but. Uh, no, like I'm a I'm a science guy. I think. Yeah. But it's also the kind of thing where, if you don't know the science, you could think it's magic. Oh, 100 percent. And mm. as Arthur C. Clarke said, that is the case for most most of the things that have gone on that we suspect are. Uh, I am. If I saw in... those two Wright brothers zipping around the air, I'd be like, "Oh my Jesus, <laughs> it's a witch." Oh my Jesus. Well, every time I see a plane, I'm just like, this this doesn't actually make any sense. No, that's how you know that's how you know magic is real. Yeah, no, but that makes a makes a ton of sense. It Isn't does there, if you know the science. S- there's a there's an SNL skit that's like uh, about you know the the in flight safety thing, and then the guy starts asking questions about why he can't have his phone on, 
and they finally just break down. They're like, it's magic. We don't know how it works. <laughs> and so we just don't want to risk it. So we're just asking you to turn it off. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Things do seem magical. Yes. I am infinitely more impressed when I find out that they're not. Mm. You know, like when you find, oh, here's how this is, this happens. You're like, oh my God, that's, yeah. that's what, you know, like. Like the first time you learn about like welding, you're like, I did, I did not know that. Okay. okay well, I, now you, know, you makes, have to explain welding to us, Jer. Oh, we don't have all night. We don't have hot rod. Off, off topic. Or like you know that science, that science experiment where you pour a liquid into another liquid and it just like shockingly turns black like right away. Yes. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yep. I do. Yeah. I'm like yeah. not gradually, but just like. Like flicking off a light bulb. It's crazy. Boom. It is. Um, have you guys ever felt that you were magical? That you had the that you had the gift? Wait, but Sean, just quickly, do you believe in magic? Yeah. Oh. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> cool. No, <laughs> I wanted to I like it. Um, I don't have again, no nothing to back it up, but I'm like I bet there's people out here doing magic. Um, and also, like, what are the levels of magic? It's like, are you a mm. psychic? Are you, is that magic? Um, you know? Yeah. Like, do I think Teresa Caputo is a magic psychic? No, I do not. But do I think that it's possible that... That she cast a spell over her audience <laughs> that makes them, like, be extremely <laughs> obsessed with her? Yes. The spell is like, psychological in nature, but yeah. Like yeah, does a like does a person like you you know four in the morning on a dance floor? Do you feel like a spell has been cast over you? And like, kind of, yes, you were hypnotized on the Casino Regina stage. Well, exactly. Uh, you know, Who are we to say? by a, by a man that we don't even know his name. I forget completely. I I try to block that out of my mind. Hilarious. No, Jeremy, um, we have to remember. We have to keep that memory alive. <laughs> hashtag never forget. Um, to answer your question, Sean, yes, as a child with an extremely active imagination who, you know, really got immersed in fictional works as a child, many of which were magical in nature, gosh, I was looking for any possible little teeny tiny sign that I could Mm -hmm. affect magical powers, um, especially watching Matilda, uh, shortly thereafter, I really went around being like, Ooh, I made that thing move, I think. I think that time I, that was really me. Um, like I really kind of gaslit myself as a child. Into it. <laughs> like It's like when you're playing Ouija board with friends. I guess playing is maybe a weird Yeah, word for you that. mean messing with the occult? <laughs> yeah, messing with the uh-huh. occult. And you're the one moving it, but then you kind of like convince yourself that you didn't do it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had that experience. So it's very that. It's very the, the power of human influence. I did that to myself. The power of human influence. Uh, did you guys know the Ouija board named itself? Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's you how mean they got a the spirit. name for it. They put a spirit did it. Sure. Yeah. Whatever you want to. Whoever happened to be controlling it in that moment. Why the but Ouija that... board just said yes, but in two languages? No, it spelled the word Ouija. <laughs> oh. Sean, that was such a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's why it is named that. Or actually, now that Jeremy has completely said a different way, maybe that's why. <laughs> well, maybe a French spirit and a German spirit were battling to try and a get French, control of the little paddle. A French ghost and a German ghost walk into a bar. <laughs> walk into yeah. a paddle. One says we, oui, and the other one says ya. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's all it, that's all it takes. That's that's cute. <laughs> Maybe we should play Ouija board. Just kidding. I would never put my hand on that devil's planchette. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get really scared. After, after learning how Sean feels about it, that's me. Uh, when that's someone solicits me before marriage, I would yeah. never put my hand on that devil's planchette. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great euphemism uh, for them. <laughs> Uh, back well, back to the question. Uh, if, Jeremy, did you if, think that you were magical? Uh, I I don't think I ever thought I was magical. However, mm-hmm. the big asterisk on this is that uh, if you consider the powers of the Jedi to be magic, okay, which I do. Yeah, which I, I think... do. Have I have I tried to like mm. like mind grab or do like? billions of times <laughs> trying to like yeah. literally yeah like literally like trying to envision like an ant-man style bridge of uh you know uh <laughs> mental ants uh grabbing a remote for me and pulling it towards me so i didn't have to get up those That's mental what, you know ants. oh man I, the, god wouldn't my it be psionics nice stretch Whew. wouldn't it be what so be? nice if you just could just like summon things to your hand instead of having to get up sometimes oh my god yeah uh, of course so that's literally the dream oh, the dream yeah i feel yeah. like that's not a good use for my magic if i <laughs> if i was magic i would be very much into flying a broom mm-hmm. that was i was really taken with the idea of that and i would you know this is vulnerable of me but i would ride a horse like a like a damn hobby horse or ride a broom <laughs> Like all around, pretending I was flying it, but obviously I was not. Mm. Yeah, but I, I would also, I would also like spin yarns to my little cousins and say that I could actually ride it, and they'd be like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> yeah, and I thought I was fooling them. Guaranteed, they were like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, John." <laughs> um. Okay, so magic is different than magicians in that. Magicians, there's not a lot of variety. You got, you know what you're getting. But with magic, there's a lot of different levels to this. Mm-hmm. What is, what are the, what are the, I don't know. What are the tiers of magic? Do we know? Is it this, all the same cauldron, if you will? Well, I think that's the thing is like there are infinity different kind of magical traditions of various origins. So, you know, there's like, the whole kind of pantheon of like Western witchcraft, which in and of itself contains all kinds of complexity and different kind of factions and stuff and different mm-hmm. origins. And then if you go beyond that, like there are still places in the world where there are professional witch hunters and like where that world of the spirit is not like in parts of Africa and um, I think mainly Africa. Oh, yeah. Do you think social media makes it easier to be a witch hunter in this day and age? I mean, if you were in like California, you could find a bunch so fast because they're making oh, content. Oh, you about line it, them up, yeah. Witchfluencers. Um, oh my god! But no, I think like 
if we're talking like <laughs> witch doctor in a village, like <laughs> different, different thing. And, and so, yeah, so I think probably for the purposes of this discussion, we are kind of focusing on that, like Western understanding of magic mostly. But, yeah. but when you say like, when you say Western, like, cause my immediate, I'm a big nerd. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going but, like uh, Salem? What do you think? Well, my default is sort of like the European fantasy yeah. trope, right? Well, and there's... that's like your Lord of the Rings kind yeah. of, like, you know, like, because the, the witchcraft stuff does require the move over the pond, mm. right? Like, there is there are obviously witches depicted in European medieval fantasy, which is like, in, in my mind, the default, but not everybody's. Um, but, like, I do see kind of the obvious bridge from one to the other. Uh, so for me, I think it all kind of stems from there. And then in terms of this is so complicated in terms of like movie depictions of those things, there is sort of like another like X, Y of subtlety, you know, like where sometimes we yeah. watch a thing and we don't actually know if it's magic or not. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's incredibly overt, right? Like if you think of, I mean, one that's obviously going to come up here is Harry Potter um, which sort of like twists a lot of those into like one bigger sort of thing. But uh, like those people are using magic left, right and center. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it, like it is just like it is their, I don't know, they technology. Go to, they're going their to culture. school for it. Yeah. They're in trade school it, for magic. Trade school Basically. for magic. Pretty much. But um, there, there is. Yeah, it's just hard because there are so many different kinds of, you know, like. Uh, what's the Studio Ghibli with the Kiki's Spirited Delivery Away? Oh. Or any of them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's just... Like Howl's know, Moving be... Castle. Yeah. Like, it, it it's be... all magical, but it's not, like... And that's rooted in, like, straight actual, up like, polytheistic, like, pantheistic religious traditions of the mm-hmm. the so-called East that, like, we can't... We're not even yeah. beginning to understand all of the... Yeah, 100%. ...history and rich right. backstory there. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I do think that, well, again, what I would call like European King Arthur situation Ooh. has just been so dominant in yeah. Hollywood and all that stuff. And you're like, by extension, Sanj, you're absolutely correct in terms of like witchcraft and all of all of that uh, town of Salem jazz. But um, Ooh, I love know. that type of music. <laughs> oh, that hot town of Salem <laughs> Ooh, jazz. Oh, that hot Salem jazz. <laughs> That cold gin and that hot Salem jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Imagine what jazz would have done to the people of Salem. They would be like, "Oh, oh man!" Oh, they'd be like, "I saw Goody Proctor like uh, singing a scat solo (laughs) with the the ivories." (laughs) (laughs) They would have. They would have gone on a crusade right now for sure. Um. Okay. Uh, Jeremy, uh, this is off topic, but have you ever? Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, it's, Some, it's fine. I moved something falling apart. Fell, and I was so confused. Anyway, it's all good. Um, Jeremy just picked up a piece of, from his desk, and then his eyes bulged out of his head, just, like there was a, and like I was a dead body under. Water and totally mixed it. <laughs> I, you guys, that might have been magic. I don't know how that physically could have this, occurred. We've angered the spirits. It's a sign. It's a sign. Um, I was gonna say, did you watch the Green Knight when it came out? Oh, uh, I, I tried to. It. I still haven't finished. It looked really good. 
I it is so very good. interested in watching it. It was just very when you're talking about medievally magic. I'm like, mm-hmm. that was so fun. Anyway, um, yeah. I do want to talk. Who are your favorite characters that perform magic? Um, I can start with one of my favorite girlies. She is from The Sword in the Stone, the Disney cartoon, named Madame Mim. She oh, is yeah. a little, she is a little squat, purple-haired witch. Um, and she has a great song, and she's very screechy. But then she's not afraid to transform herself into a beautiful lavender-haired lady. Um, and she's just a little shapeshifter, transfigurer. She has a big battle with Merlin um, that is so fun, where they are transforming each other. Or wait, no, they're each transforming into different things to like try to get one over on the other one. And it mm-hmm. is one of the best sequences in a cartoon. Period. Mm-hmm. And just a great character. So true. And so que- so queer, honestly. Truly. <laughs> so like I'm, layers. I'm, I'm a grumpy little lady that lives in the woods. And, you know, I'm really mad at, at Merlin and whatever is... <laughs> and and the, why I've been cast out of the castle. Um... Okay, I'm going to cheat and talk about two at once. A two for one. Okay. Because, guys, you know me and how I fall into my little hyperfixation sometimes. I do, yeah. Um, Is this a reality TV show? Nope. Nope. Oh, my God. Uh, the best witch. <laughs> which witch is which? <laughs> which witch is which? Uh, TM, TM, TM. We will be making that show. Um, no. Uh, as some may know, the second season of... Uh, smash hit slash I don't think it's a smash hit but like cult favorite Good Omens came out recently oh. on Amazon Prime based on the novel uh, by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett and two of the central characters of that um, the ineffable husbands many call them are the angel Aziraphale and the demon Crowley Crowley um, so basically I'm in real deep just mainlined all of season two have watched it several times. Uh, and those two are played alert, by... They are played by David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Okay. Two of, mm-hmm. like, the best of our age, I think. And just, like... And, like, well, real they friends, They literally right? have the best chemistry. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. actually how they kind of, like, met. But now they are, like, best, best friends. They have their show staged, which they made during quarantine. Kind of, like a like, a spoof of their real selves, but not. But just, like... <sighs> So, spoiler alert for season two. This is a big spoiler alert. Um, these two have always been in love, for sure. They were in love in the novel. It just wasn't, like, it didn't come to fruition, wasn't made explicit. But, you know, hardcore fans have often, long time, said, like, since it came out in 1990, that these two are in love. And well, guys, in every relationship, there's a devil and there's an angel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they made it true in season two. And Wow. And then, spoiler alert, the last episode of the season, they, like, have a big fight misunderstanding. So if there isn't a season three, I will have to fling myself off a cliff. Um, Oh, no. But anyway, back to talking about magic. They are an angel and a demon, so they can do miracles. Um, And the way that they use their magic is just very charming often um sometimes for really trivial things that are like self-serving sometimes for like big life-saving like world-saving purposes 
but just the like the conceptualization of the way they use miracles um i really like and think is very fun so does the demon like use his magic to like kill people or do demony things well the rest of the demons do but this whole the whole thing is that crowley is like he basically fell for asking too many questions the whole book is kind of like Mm. questioning conceptualizations of heaven and hell um and so like throughout the series you see him do all of these like right things you know like there's this whole idea of like good and bad but he usually does what's right so he actually like doesn't do that many bad things okay Um, but a lot of the other demons do really gross and scary things cute (laughs) it is okay maybe i should watch this i'm obsessed with them because i've been seeing it popping up in my in my fyps I think I got like three episodes in and then stopped watching for a, a reason that I can't recall. Because it yeah, came the, out quite some time ago, didn't the it? The first season, the yeah, season came one. out in 2019. Yeah. God, that um, doesn't seem like that And it's ago. a different vibe. It like, was four years ago. Yeah. But still, it's still. I know. I've had, so, I've had so much time to watch it. You've had entire there's lifetime a lot, since. There's like a lot of moving parts in season one because it's like, it's the novel and so there's like a lot of side characters and stuff. So it's maybe a bit of a slog compared to season two, I would mm. say. But well, I live enough. for it. Yeah. Live. Well, maybe based on your suggestion, Sean and I will have to watch. Yes. So good. Yeah. Um, you guys, I would like to talk about uh, something pretty interesting. Uh, I watched this this week, and I think that this fits here better in terms of me discussing it. Um, I think you'll both agree that this is the only case I can think of where the individual playing the person is actually more magical than the magical character they're portraying. Whoa. I think. Uh, and that is, of course, uh, Jareth, the King of Goblins, played by David Bowie oh. in Labyrinth. And uh, I was watching it this week, and it is... So first and foremost, for those who aren't aware, uh, I mean, pause the episode and go watch Labyrinth. I, think. I thought you were going to be like, David Bowie is... Sadly died. David, David <laughs> was a man. Who, uh, but um, uh, I don't know. Like, I would just be so interested to hear how this got written with him involved. Yeah. Like, everything else, everything else makes sense. Really. You know, like, like it's, when did it come out? Is the, the yeah, movie? like, we have Muppets and we have an unknown actress. Yeah, um, like, like. And it's like, you we, know. we know, we can get whatever. But You're to like, get a ended- random huge pop star yeah like never-ending story kind of have a similar vibe Mm. uh like there's the tom cruise one is that legend um there's there's it just crawl like they all sort of fit um but then at the centerpiece of this is david bowie playing himself and (laughs) it's sort of just this like crazy thing that is like you know he is the king of goblins no one yeah. explains why he's not a goblin. We don't particularly care. Uh, well, I think he is kind of a goblin. Is he, though? Yeah, I think so. I, don't know. I, think <laughs> I haven't he, seen him in a long time. He's the most handsome I would, goblin. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if David Bowie showed up to set wearing what he wore. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he and just got like, ready that day. They're like, Lisa just, from costuming, you don't need to come in anymore. Yeah, yeah. She, just stu- she just stuffs his crotch and sends him on his way yeah. <laughs> into, into the, into the, onto set. Um, but uh, I do, I love the character uh, Jareth, just because it is so crazy. 
and it is this like entirely 80s moment and i feel like like the people who made this just yes anded themselves into <laughs> this crazy situation and it's so much fun and it just doesn't it's so weird and the stakes are so high no one seems to care and then you got a character who's riding a real life dog you know like like yeah. it's just all the things oh i want <laughs> that big dog <laughs> like it's just so strange um and at the center of it is pop star icon david bowie mm-hmm. uh and uh i'm convinced like they should have just folded his like ziggy stardust into the narrative and just made it like his you know historical text like they could have just and then put it together and then he said you know what maybe i will write a song for it and maybe yep. it will become extremely popular <laughs> i think there is something magic there's something there's a little magic in all of the the human straight men in that are surrounded by muppets in the movies they do yeah. Like a Tim Curry in a Treasure Island or a Michael Caine oh, in, yeah. you know, like yeah. the Christmas one. It's just like there is something so, you know, they really channeled something to be acting with a bunch of people with socks in their hands and pull off like. And slaying. Real, and completely slaying. That's well, a great. That's true. That is a great one. Yeah, that is a great one. Who's one of your favorites, Sean? Well, I did, I did Madame Mim. Um, oh, right. But, you know, there's also, I brought her up I, earlier, but, you know, Ursula, she's always, mm. she's always out here. Mm-hmm. She's, she's always evil and she's magic. And she's also one that's like, yeah, I'm going to transform myself into hot raven-haired Vanessa and I'm going to get you. Which is funny because it's like, so she has the capabilities to make herself whatever mm. she wants. She actually is totally chill and prefers to be big booby octopus lady. And that she, pre- she loves herself just as she is. She's like, listen, the world thinks this is what's hot, and that's fine. I'll cater to that. But I know the for truth. my for my tricks, I'll do that. But yeah, mm-hmm. for me, I'm doing this. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, just like the witch from uh, the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie, who wants to get with the the, the sheriff. Wait, I don't think I watched the whole thing. <laughs> I think I didn't make it through. It's okay, you guys. That was just a Jeremy. I was going to say you were okay, actually <laughs> referencing the Mel Brooks print King of Tights. Wait, what is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Men in Tights. Men in Tights. What you did there? Were you thinking of Prince of Tides? No, I was oh. thinking of Men in Tights. No, but, but is that what that's the one say? that tries to get? Yeah, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> one of one of us has made a joke, and one of us has gotten it, and it might not be us. It's it's like a situation where the listener gets to pick at which one they laugh at. It's very yeah. choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. Choose your mm-hmm. own. Choose your own joke podcast. Um. Okay. Well. Why don't we just take a little time, sprinkle a little pentagram of salt, and uh, let you t- take a listen to a few words from our sponsors. We'll be back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. And we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking magic in a minute, but after we'll, we've got to play a little game, lovingly called The Game. 
It's game time, people. Whoa! That's still good. Uh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, uh, the game is where I spent, it was like, it was 10 minutes this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. Sean, Sanj, are you ready to play the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This week's title is Dragon Slayer. That title again, Dragon Slayer. Hmm. 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 Sean, you got anything? Okay, well, I'd say it is about a boy who, you know, he took a vocation test and they were like, you're most likely to be a good, like, dragon slayer. So then he mm-hmm. goes to his, um, you know, local college. He enrolls in dragon slaying. Everyone's like telling him, like, you're gonna, you're, you would be such a good dragon slayer. Your dad was a dragon slayer. And he's like, yeah, but he doesn't really want to do it. And he's good at all of the, you know, book tests and all that. He can learn. He's very smart. But then when it comes to field work, he is like, I'm not out here gonna slay a dragon. And then he, he attempts to slay a dragon and the dragon is like, con- you know, makes him his conquest. And he's like, uh, before he kills him, he's like, uh, they make friends and then they actually team up and then they become, you know, the dragon slayer. Just maybe they fall in love and maybe that's the slaying. Maybe he slays mm-hmm. that sort of dragon. Oh, my God. Okay. You know, very interesting. Ooh. Bold, Sean. Thank you. Inter- Interspecies. Okay. What did you? What, what did you? That's an interesting final scene. Yeah. Sons, what did you have in mind? Um. Okay. I also think this is about a boy, who is um very obsessed. It's I think it's from like the eighties, maybe. And this boy is like completely obsessed with a series of novels and games called Dragon Slayer. And mm-hmm. then you know, as things do. His parents are getting a divorce. His life is hard. He's having a hard time. And one night before bed, he's like, I wish I could be in the world of Dragon Slayer. And then he wakes up. And where do you guys think he is? Oh, I'll bet. Oh, he's slaying. He's in Dragon Slayer. Mm -hmm. And so basically, (laughs) he has to go on an adventure where I think similar to Sean's, he realizes like, actually, the dragons are like an oppressed class in this world. And... Like, they had, like, a political uprising that's being squashed, and they've been, like, demonized by the powers that be. And so he gets to be on the side of the dragons and helps Mm -hmm. lead them to liberation. And through the course of his journey also realizes that he has the power within himself to weather the everyday challenges of his human life back in the real world and comes back, you know, ready to face it. What What a sweet story. Yeah, I'm like, I kind of want to watch that now. Uh, If only that's what it were. Uh, Thank you both. (laughs) Thank you both for your uh, um, spirited suggestion. Sean's especially. (laughs) Spirited and sexy. Um, It's hot, literally. That's the log line. but uh, unfortunately, uh, Dragon Slayer is very close to what it sounds like. Mm. Uh, 
I will read the tagline from the poster. It is written very small. Uh, there we go. Uh, in the Dark Ages, magic was a weapon. Love, a mystery. Oh. Adventure was everywhere, and dragons were real. That's a long log line. Yeah, it's too <laughs> it long. is. Um, uh, I might watch this. Dragon. I've never seen Dragon Slayer. It looks kind of bad. Why is it love a mystery, too- but dragons are understood or whatever? You know, uh, I forget. So the, <laughs> so the deal is, is that it's sort of the again typical European situation. Uh, it's a bunch of people in the sixth century. Uh, and they're being terrorized by this is the dragon's name, Vermithrax pejorative. Oh, mm-hmm. I caught yes. that once. I had to take a yeah. lot of antibiotics <laughs> <laughs> for my Vermithrax. Uh, anyway, um, the story starts where the king doesn't know how to keep the dragon at bay, so he's just throwing virgins at it. Mm. And, um, <laughs> Tail is all this time. Yeah, as you do, as you do. Um, anyway, but. Um, uh, there's a sorcerer, and the sorcerer's apprentice sort of gets tangled up after they find a MacGuffin of sorts, and then uh, the wizard is killed, and or the wizard, there's a wizard and a sorcerer, just so that it's a little Well, and they're obviously quite different. Yes, anyway, the apprentice, yeah, it's a one-handed, two-handed situation, mm-hmm. John. Um, anyway, the apprentice must sort of, like, uh, rise up and figure out how to save everyone from this dragon. And it's basically them using this magical item to take out the dragon. Uh, it stars Peter Mac. How do I say his name? Mac McNoil Mac- Mac- hmm. uh, as the apprentice, <laughs> which is just immediately ridiculous to me. Uh, and I don't, I don't know, know how to take is. that. Uh, it's you've probably seen him around, uh, but he just doesn't seem like he could run. Like, he could do a whole movie. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Um, but uh, it looks pretty good if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, in the sense that, like, if you get a 5 out of 10 on this, it's doing good. Wait, you know, Peter like McNichol? Not... Uh, is that how you say that? <laughs> M-A-C-N-I-C-O-L? Then, and why is it capitalized? Why is the... Because that's what happened well, after you got a Mac. It's got a Mick. Yeah. <laughs> Just Scottish. <laughs> that's it. not... Okay, well, fair enough. Never anyway, met the Scottish people, please. Not what I thought that would be at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I do actually. That is funny now that I see. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's supposed to be like this, like big thing from uh, Industrial Light and Magic and all the sort of stuff they were working on in the early '80s. So if you're into those things, check it out. If you're not, you can read the title Dragon Slayer and know exactly what happens in this movie. Okay, Dragon is getting <laughs> slayed. Thank there you. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you guys for playing the game. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dragon Slayer. Okay, y'all. Getting back into magic. What magical films did you watch this week? Guys. What what cast I, a spell on you? I finally did it. What? She I finally... I, are you serious? Did you do what I think you did? I Wait. finally watched The Craft. Oh. You did it. Oh, Is that what you I didn't know thinking? this. Yeah, because yeah, you guys have talked about it a few times. I didn't yeah. know this I was legit. A... Wow, Jeremy. 
You pay attention to us. Yeah, that actually made me feel very touched and seen. Um, (laughs) And loved. Um, Yeah, this is one of those. You just talked about this. (laughs) No, I didn't. Literally. We talked about practical magic, didn't we? You did the, both of those, I thought. Uh, anyway, okay. okay maybe, maybe I, I did. didn't listen right. to you in the right way. Warmth retracted. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, this is one of those movies that's like... It, I feel like it doesn't make sense that I hadn't seen it until now. Like, No, it's, it's very... If you're a girly that exactly. ever went to like a sleepover, like you, yeah. you should have watched. But also the yes. like queer undertones, the like... You know, uh, complex, complicated feelings around girlhood and the way the world treats you when you're a girl and how hard it is to be a girl, even like a rich oh, white girl. We're the in weirdos, LA. Mister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so good. It was it's so really good. Good. Um, it was pretty scary. Like I knew that it would be kind of scary. Fruza like, Balk like really gets crazy at the end. Yeah, like, spoiler alert, yes. when they turn on Robin Tunney and she wants out of the circle and they're like, nah, girlfriend, we're going to make The you, only way out is through. We're going to do yeah. a glamour that your parents died. Um, it gets dark. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. what. How much do I even have to say about this? Like, <laughs> I feel like there's nothing new to say about the craft, maybe. Um, I, it's I also a very style icon. Yes. iconography of style for me as well oh yes like mm-hmm. that um one of the things i was thinking when i watched it was like if i had seen this as a teenager this would have become part of my personality for a good while like yeah <laughs> would i have tried to dress like a cool high school witch for sure i would have and it would have been embarrassing so maybe for the best but um oh man like that scene when she when they go and do like the first their first kind of like circle in the woods it's like all sunny and beautiful and then they like hold a knife to each other and say like their little incantation of like i do not enter this circle with fear or whatever um so gay so good so 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 powerful like just like i don't know this movie has some some magic in it pun intended um also some really dark stuff happens um, mm-hmm, and yes. they just really kind of gloss over a lot of dark stuff and like make jokes about it. Um, you do see an attempt at sexual assault. So I guess content warning for that. There's discussion of like self-harm and suicide. So content warning for that. But all, all of that being said, like, dang, it's good. Yeah. And also Fruza Balk, the other film I know her from is The Wizard of Oz 2 return to oz where she plays dorothy who is in like put into an insane asylum because they're like no one believes that what you said about wizard about oz and then she goes back to oz and things have changed because it's really scary now and it is like also an extremely scary creepy movie Mm. she she just was like i'll do two hot things and then see you later and, like, is oh, Feruza Volker her real name? Because that is, like, the destiny of that name, I feel like. Yeah, true. Like, that's a name for being in a spooky movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I I remembered her as the... Well, first of all, Sean, I didn't realize that was her in Return to Oz at all. My mind's kind of blown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but secondly, uh, 
she was the love interest in Adam Sandler's The Water Boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the, the trilogy of spooky she did, films. She did a good job. And it was sort of kind of like this extension of who she was kind of in a few of these other roles. But um, Does every 80s icon have to do a film with Adam Sandler? Didn't Wyoming? Maybe. Winona uh rider what what known to do she had to do a movie with him too which one what movie like mr deeds oh i've blocked that was that was she in that i, I have no idea she was, was like she is blonde <gasps> what no that was you <laughs> the whole time oh my god it's been so long since i saw that I th- you have to I pay the toll yeah. you have to pay the the it's sandler toll toll <laughs> Sean is Sean is correct. I think I wow. watched that movie one hot time, and that was probably it. Um, but it is funny how like it's it's just crazy how much I associate the '90s with the craft, mm. yeah, and like how much they were able to just pack into that as like like if I opened up a uh, a time capsule from the '90s and I didn't find a copy a of the craft of in there on yeah. DVD. I would be blown away. DVD, please. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't it be a tape? Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like... It could be a DVD, but you know, when did they come out? I don't know. I'm Finding like, Nemo is the first DVD I had. Wow. The craft on DVD. Uh, it's $9. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But yeah, the soundtrack, like, oh, it slaps. It's 90s and it slaps you across the face with that 90s. Oh, when they True. make that girl's hair fall out. Oh, man. Um, she had it coming, though. Christine Taylor, I'll just say she that. She had it coming. She did. She um, wasn't just a like normal high school bully. She was straight up so racist. Anyway. She was vicious. You, got, you, you guys? What? You guys? Yeah. What? Uh, DVDs were invented in November of 1996, which is the year The Craft came out. <gasps> Okay, so the well, next year, invented. you could have got a DVD of the craft. So there could be a time capsule. But is it one of those things where they didn't, they weren't like widely circulated? Didn't we do yeah, an episode were... on that? Yes, it was a year later. <laughs> I forget. But uh, they, it definitely could have happened, but eh, unlikely. Hmm. Anyway, I am almost certain I watched it on DVD. <laughs> well, welcome That's back crazy. to DVD talk on CJTN. Yeah. <laughs> the children are like, uh, you're, what? You're listening to DVD talk. Yep. Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched a movie I haven't watched in a long time. Uh, it did not hold up. Oh. And I remember it being the biggest deal when it came out. And my dad was so excited to watch this movie. It also came out in 1996. Okay, which good is year. Which actually, kill- actually killing me. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good year. Uh, and have you guys ever watched Dragonheart? Uh, didn't, wasn't that the game 10 minutes ago? Uh, no, that was <laughs> Dragon Dragon Slayer, which I was hoping would like mess you up if you had seen one, uh-huh. and you'd think it was Dragonheart because that was the popular movie. Uh, Dragonheart is about um, uh, it's about okay. I'm not full disclosure. I had to stop watching it because it's pretty bad. So um, it is about uh, a prince or a, a king who uh, it gets fatally wounded, and then they make a deal with this dragon who is animated by a toddler and voiced by um, Sean Connery. Wait, do, what do, what do, first... wait, wait, wait. What do you mean they're animated by a toddler? <laughs> it, 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 it is one of the first instances of CGI in a movie. 
and it looks so oh, bad. Okay. Okay. Like they just didn't understand what they were doing. And um, bit of a so much Dudley's Dragon sight sort of thing. Oh, it's oh, it's crazy. Um, and um, Dennis Quaid plays uh, kind of this guy who like takes down dragons. He's a dragon slayer, but it's all a fake show that he puts on with the dragon. Like it's this weird, oh, it's this weird sort of thing. Anyway, it's kind of this thing where when I watched it, it was obviously the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like I like you like two people just sort of like go by in a Volkswagen Beetle at one point. Oh. That didn't happen, but it felt like it did. Anyway, um, this movie absolutely killed when it came out with like $57 million budget, $115 million uh, in box office. And uh, I really, I I mean, I think I'm going to finish watching it. I wish I hadn't, maybe. Maybe its memory was stronger than the actual sort of... Don't meet your heroes. uh, Mm. ...thing it is. Anyway, that's true. Um, it is kind of fun, and if you're into fantasy stuff, it's definitely worth the checkout. But uh, it is just kind of like uh, I was also thinking about watching Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I think Christian Slater is in that one. I fear that I fear that you also from '96. I fear that you thought we were doing a dragon show (laughs) this week. (laughs) I mean, there's an overlap. There's a major There's overlap. definitely an overlap. But isn't it, um, isn't that Tom Hanks in Dungeons and Dragons? No, that's a different. So that's a movie about the people game. playing Dungeons and Dragons, oh. and that's where a lot of the like stigmatism of playing. And it made Tom Hanks uh, turn into a like a serial right. killer. Right. Yes. I think yeah. I did this for Talkies uh, once. You might yes. have. And uh, oh yeah, and Dungeons and Dragons came uh, that apparently came out in two thousand. Jeremy Irons was involved. Mm. Um, and so, oh yeah, so was, uh, Marlon Wayans. Anyway, uh, it's a disaster. <laughs> like, it was an unmitigated disaster. And, uh, that's why I didn't watch it. And it turns out the other one's probably just as bad. Damn. Oh, man. Yeah. Probably Sad. just as bad. Sad. So was there any well, good magic in it, though? Or nah? Uh, in, uh, Dungeons and Dragons or in, <laughs> no, uh, Dragonheart? Dragon uh, Dragonheart had some cool magic. Uh, the big thing was that, uh, like, if the the prince got hurt, the dragon got hurt, oh. and so they were tied oh, because they, they were... shared they shared a heart. They shared the dragon. Oh, heart. the dragon heart. But also, it is still very charming watching Dennis Quaid fake the magic and fake being skilled, uh, and so that that part's also pretty sweet. Uh, watch it if you guys have time and want to be just like eighty percent disappointed. Well, I have time, <laughs> but I will not. Um, so I watched Practical Magic this week. Um, this film is so early cottagecore, very, like, comforting feeling, like, it's all lemon balm and verbena and lavender sachets that, to prevent this thing and bath oils that do this. It's, it's so, I love that sort of part of magic, just like, I've got a bunch of um canisters and jugs and oils of like weird things um this era that we're in is the t- when they like to put sandra bullock in glasses and pigtails and call her frumpy um yeah despite being the you- most striking woman you've ever seen yeah and then all of a sudden oh she gets a bit of magic and she's like my raven locks fall out again and you know now i wear makeup um 
I really, the book by Alice Hoffman is really good. It gives mm-hmm. you these feelings of like, it gives you all of these comforting fall, like black soap feelings that the movie doesn't really do. Like the book is kind of about like generational yeah. trauma and the support that these women all like give for each other um, and the comforting rituals that come with that. And the movie is basically a, a murder mystery turned exorcism like they they try to really hollywoodify it yeah i think they got i think the plot kind of got away from them yeah and they were like oh we have to like attend to this yeah like the kind of mystery plot of the dead boyfriend and it's like that's not the fun part the fun part is the aunts and the generational curse and just like how they keep raising witchy women and the sisterhood yeah. Um, and um, yeah, the cast is great. Stalker Channing and Diane Weist play aunts, and Sandra Bullock, and Nicole Kidman are sisters. Oh, there's also daughter Evan Rochelle Wood. She's like ten. It's great. Um, also, the book "The Rule of Magic," which is a prequel when the ants are teenagers and living in New York with their gay brother, is very fun. So too. good. I've read and I don't know why I don't know why that is not a movie because that would be great or a series yeah I'm actually surprised they haven't made a series out of these like gotta pitch it Sean Alice Hoffman like give away give away the rights girl this is where you find out they used it in like season three of uh, Riverdale Uh. or something <laughs> um, also, there's a really insane midnight margarita party that they have <laughs> that is comes out of literally nowhere. They wake up in the middle of the night and they're like margaritas, and then the four of them get extremely loaded on tequila and like dancing on tables, taking off their tops, like in their little weird farmhouse. The four of them, aunts and nieces. It's so weird. Well, I think in anyway. the in the film they're like kind of getting possessed by Jack Angelov, like the the spirit of the tequila, the spirit of the abusive boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Because right. the, the tequila, like, shows up on the board. Right, right, right. So but it is still extremely... But it is, it is very <laughs> out of left field. It's, like, these kind of, like, quiet... Like, well, I guess some dark stuff has happened by then, but, like... Yeah. It's a, it's a tone shift, for sure. It's a tone shift. Um, cool. Anyway... Guys, on its, oh. on its Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. there's a full paragraph that fully... I'm going to read this entire paragraph. Okay. The film is considered a cult classic. Yeah. Well, period. That's the end of hard return. <laughs> and it is. And they're right. An, an occult classic, we like to say. <laughs> because even like like even with what you're saying, Sean, you're so right. Like it does not capture the full magic of the book. It like is just a drop in the bucket. Even still, I will I will take it anytime. Like it still is the cozy cottagecore vibes and so delightful. And the ants outfits they're all they're all hats and drapes and oh and also there's a a woman that comes to them to help her fall in love um and in the movie they're like okay careful what you wish for and then that's it but in the book she is an extremely tragic character that this decision haunts her for years Mm -hmm. decades and there's i don't know whatever why did you skip that part it must have been like they must have had to take out the consequences of that because otherwise why would they have included that I instead guess they're show... like showing us her bath oil 
store with Margot Martindale and like four employees all working at the same time. I'm like, that's, uh, we don't need that. Anyway. I love the moment when her coworker is on the phone. She's like, Sally finally came out. <laughs> <'Cause she> like, <laughs> as a witch. <laughs> as a witch. <laughs> yeah. That coworker's kooky. Um, yeah. Anyone have another quick, uh, a few quicks? Uh, I do have a question about the theme of ants in uh, witchcraft, because we all know, of course, Sabrina, the teenage witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wish there were more dragons in that uh, whole thing. But <laughs> right, no, so. of course. Uh, yeah. Oh, the talking but, cat's um, not good enough for you, Jer? Okay. Did you know that no, witches not. don't have mothers, they only have ants? Is that true? That's just a, that a thing? <laughs> no, it's not a thing. <laughs> but it is kind of a thing. Well, I think it's kind of the archetype of, like, the maiden ant. Um... And the connection between like widow, widowhood, spinsterhood, and witchcraft, witchhood, <laughs> because <laughs> like so many of the people who died through the various forms of witch trials in Europe and America um, were just widows, like just women with financial just like, freedom. Why basically, is, why is she not? Why is she not dating someone? She's a freak. Yeah, she doesn't. She's not adhering to our rigid expectations of. How a woman should just be shackled to a man. Um, so I think I think that's part of it is like the idea of like the spinster, the maiden aunt, uh, is witchy, in a way that I like. Very witchy. Ooh, there you go. And I guess a lot of Very accidents witchy. do befall witch parents. Oh, if your sister it. is a witch, be careful. Her sister was Cause, a witch. Because you're because <laughs> you're gonna have a daughter, the and then you're gonna have a tragic death. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's the short answer. Um, I also want to briefly call out Bed Knobs and Broomsticks from 1971. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, a classic Angela Lansbury as a pretty grumpy uh, country lady who gets given <laughs> three uh, three children escaping the London Blitz, and she's like, "Well, you're not going to stand away of me becoming uh, an apprentice witch." Um, and then she gives them a way to travel using a bed, a broom, I mean, a bed and the bed knob that helps the whole bed, like, th- flow through time and space. And it's so fun. Um, so and there's an ex- and sh- also and then they fight Nazis and they win. Um, yeah. And Angela Lansbury was like 45 at the mm-hmm. <laughs> at the filming of this. Um, and there is an insane uh, sequence where she is pretending like to fly or. She's fighting with her broom because she's trying to get away and she's doing a lot of physical comedy. And then she f- does an extremely f- huge pratfall and falls flat on her face as a like mid-40s woman uh, that looks very painful. And I was just very surprised and shocked by Angela Lansbury's uh, big pratfall. You go, Angela. She's got, she's got stunt chops, Sean. She do. Um... Super quick shout out to Kiki's Delivery Service. Again, yeah. those cottage court vibes and just like the cutest little witch. Um, and I love that kind of, yeah, that like n- normalized witchery where it's, she's just a part of the society and it's not that, a whole thing yeah. of like, oh, she's evil. That magic is just a part of the world is very yeah. fun Studio Ghibli like things. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, We'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song Manituna for our theme song. We'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and all of you at home for lending us your ears. 
We are broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, so give us a follow. Have a good night. Bye. See ya.